All right. Are we live? We're live. Sounds good. Hey, everybody. My name is Dan Halleck. I'm here with my friend Chris Meyer. And uh, so thankful you've joined us here for this time. Uh, we've devoted called Hope in the Midst of Anxiety and Stress. This has obviously kind of been prompted by the coronavirus situation, but it applies to all of life in general. Hey, I want to give you a heads up real quick, let you know uh, that we are uh, live streaming from the church and we decided to do that because uh, the governor's stay-at-home order uh, for businesses there's a 48-hour grace period and and so we're allowed to do this until tomorrow so anyways we're able to live stream here tonight but as for our church service this weekend we're gonna we're gonna figure that out but we we do plan on live streaming it it'll probably be from one of our houses so that's not what we're here to talk about though um I want to introduce myself and my friend Chris to you. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Dan Halleck. I'm the pastor, lead pastor here at Cedar Home Baptist Church in Stanwood, Washington. And uh, I have been here for 12 years, six years as the youth pastor and six years now as the lead pastor. And I've got three kids in elementary age school, elementary school, and my wife, Cindy, and uh we, uh, we love this community and are thankful to be part of it and love our church here. And here's a guy who's been around this church longer than I have. So, Chris, why don't you uh, introduce yourself, let people know a little bit about yourself, too. Sure. My name is Chris Meyer, and I have been at Cedar Home for, oh gosh, almost 20 years now, I think. Hmm. And love this church and attend here. Uh, really appreciate the ministry here. I have been a professional counselor, a licensed mental health counselor for uh, the better part of uh, 30 something years. And so Dan approached me and said, hey, uh, you talk about anxiety and stress quite a lot. So how would you feel about joining me on this event? And I said, sure, we'll give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. Our goal is we just want to help people and we understand um, that this is just this time it's kind of a crazy time we're in right now and we want to tell people there is hope and be able to just converse about that listen we're not professional tv show hosts here so we're, we're just gonna converse and uh, we're just two guys we actually had a great conversation for about an hour before this uh kind of get the juices flowing a little bit and uh we'll we'll weigh in uh some of those thoughts here but um you know one of the the things that prompted this uh the idea of this this event happening here is we just uh in chris's work and in my work with people uh have and i'm sure in your life too have just encountered a lot of people recently who are really very anxious and fearful and scared right now um i had a regular checkup with my doctor last week and we were just kind of talking about how, what he's seeing from his end and, and he said you know there's a lot of there's a lot of worried people out there right now and understandably so right um and so what's happened from i can what i can tell is you know people are not only anxious about the coronavirus but just everything that it's accompanied uh it like i was thinking just this week about some of the people i interacted with uh we've got a lot of people who are getting laid off of work and are dealing with finances and how I'm going to pay my mortgage and all that kind of stuff. Um, policemen, we have a number of policemen and hospital workers yep. in our church and in our neighborhood who have been exposed to the virus and who are now anxiously waiting to hear whether they have it or not. 
that's stressful for them and their families. We have a bunch of kids out of school now at home who normally aren't out of school and parents trying to do their best to take care of their kids and get them caught up on schooling. Um, we have an older lady I, I just heard of uh, who uh, is in the hospital and she has the virus and and she's probably not going to make it. And her family's scared and it's a, it's a hard situation. And so trying to pastor them through that. And that's just the reality that some people are in that boat right now. And this whole situation really makes all of us face our own mortality in a, in a different way. It's not just an abstract thing. And uh, it's also not the, the worst plague that has ever been for sure. But it definitely makes us feel out of control because we are out of control and makes us realize I'm not going to be here forever. <laughs> um, and that's whether, whatever your spiritual beliefs are, that's a, that's, uh, that's not the, that, that can be disheartening uh, to a certain level. And so, um, Chris, what I wanted to ask you is, you know, thinking through some of these things, I know that you can take tests or something where different life events have different numbers associated with them as far as their stress level. And I think one of the things that's happening is a lot of people are getting hit at the same time with a lot of these events and it's stressing people out. Absolutely. There was a uh, Holmes and Ray were the guys who got that life change okay. unit thing together and they did it a long time ago. This was back in the, the some of the early thinking about whether or not there was a relationship between stress and vulnerability to illness. And they assigned a numerical unit to all of the different sorts of changes that people go through. Hmm. And people loved it. It, it. it didn't turn out to prove anything really at the time, yeah. but people were fascinated with the notion that uh, these stresses are cumulative and that they they do impact our lives yeah. in in a lot of different ways and that they potentially could affect our health as well yeah. and so i would sometimes in the early days of my career give out a, a, a list of stressors like this mm -hmm. just to get a feel for what was going on in people's lives mm -hmm. and what you just pointed out is something that is really uh, characteristic of this crisis for our, not just our country but for the world mm -hmm. is that we're getting hit on a lots of different levels yeah. um, it's it's a threat to loved ones uh, it's a threat to our own health and mm -hmm. and our mortality as you mentioned mm -hmm. it's a threat to our livelihoods in some cases our jobs are endangered yeah. by the lack of mobility and the need to to hunker down um, there's so many ways that this can generate additional stress. You talk about kids being at home from school. Mm -hmm. uh, there's probably more than a few of us who have had some stresses associated with that. Yeah. I got a 16 year old at home and he, he's been going stir crazy. I'm telling you, mm -hmm. um, couples with all of this stress are yeah. going to start having more irritability and tension with one another. Yeah. And I've talked to people who are not sleeping very well at night because of this. So it's hitting us on all of these different levels at the same time. Yeah. Well, one of the things before we dive in too much further, I, th I think would be helpful is maybe just to define some terms here that we're using. Cause we talk about anxiety and fear and panic and stress, but uh, if it, I guess I'm going to leave that to you. You're kind of the expert, but what exactly is anxiety? I mean, how do we think about anxiety? Anxiety is, you can think about it in a couple of different ways, but uh, it, to keep it really simple, 
it is a response to a perceived threat. Hmm. So something in the future I suspect could happen or I'm afraid could happen. And, and because I'm thinking that way, because I perceive this threat, there are changes that take place in my body. Um, it, depending on how acute the threat is, mm-hmm. uh, my heart rate can go up, my blood pressure can go up, um, hands might get a little sweaty. Um, all of this happened to me about 10 minutes ago before we got started. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, <Yeah. laughs> your body is getting ready to either fight for your life or yeah. run for your life. Right. It's fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people will freeze up as well. It's actually a fight, flight, or freeze response. Uh, but this is part of, of the anxiety that we're talking about. It doesn't always rise to the level of panic. Okay. Some people experience panic. Yeah. Uh, most, uh, I would say a lot of people do not, uh, but they just experience a high level of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, stress is a broader term. And stress can be like the, the Holmes Ray stress units we were talking mm-hmm. about a minute ago. Even things like marriages and births of children yeah. were on that list. And so stress can come from both positive sources as well as mm-hmm. things that we would ordinarily think of as negative. Yeah. Right now, we've got a lot of stress from a lot of changes in our lives. And on top of that, we have these, this anxiety, which is about a fear of what could happen. Yeah. One of the things, so one of the things that you say is there's a future orientedness to this, right? Yes. It's, it's kind of what if thinking a lot of it can fuel that afraid, afraid of the future. Um, I always think of Bob Wiley from what about Bob, which is probably a way dated (laughs) reference, but, um, scaring yourself with, with what if thinking can really make it worse too. Sure. And, and, you know, the thing about it is your, your body does not appreciate the difference between a fiction hmm. and a truth. Yeah. So if you tell yourself a story, your body is going to have a reaction to that story, even if the story is not true. Hmm. This is why we go to movies. It's why we read novels. We have emotional experiences about things that aren't even real. Yeah. So your body's not very discriminating that way. Hmm. So when we tell ourselves these stories, our body feels as if they're true. Yeah. So when you imagine yourself getting sick uh, and with the virus and going to the hospital, your body starts to feel a little bit like that's true somehow. Hmm. And, and you can feel the tension and you can have trouble with insomnia. You can become more irritable and it, it's a it's a strange way to think about it, but yeah. your your body just doesn't appreciate the difference. So what yeah. you run through your head is going to produce those emotions. One of the things that you said that helped me think through this a little bit was the complexity of of the human being. Basically, that we're not just a physical body, but we have a mind and we have a spirit, and they all interconnect, and it can help to think through the issue of anxiety and how all these things are affecting us um, through those different filters, I guess, because they affect us 
each one of those parts in different ways and they're all interconnected too yes could you maybe talk a little bit about that just thinking through how does how do we think through anxiety as far as its effect on mind body and spirit i know it's a huge question but maybe whatever you think of well just to keep it you know simple yeah uh, i just talked a little bit about how the body responds to yes. anxiety right. so there's a there's a definite physical reaction that takes place when we are anxious um the mind part of it is the perception i talked about the fact that we're perceiving a threat and yeah. and so the mind and the body you know we separate them for ease of discussion but they're really uh, so integrated so um, enmeshed with one another that it's it's really hard to separate mm. them so as soon as you think about a threat that could happen to you or a loved one yeah. your body is already reacting to that yeah but for ease of discussion we do talk about our our mind and our body is different i think partly because we can think thoughts without actually having to act out the actions yeah and so we think of thoughts and behaviors as different mm -hmm. and we think of the mind and body as different but really it's all very integrated yeah we also have a spirit right. there's a part of us that connects with god mm -hmm. there's a part of us that longs for a connection with god mm. and it feels only feels truly at peace when there is that connection with God. Mm. And so that's in the mix. Right. And then add to that the fact that, you know, you're a body, mind, spirit, I'm a body, mind, spirit, but now, now we're interacting. We have a relationship yeah. with one another and the way we relate to one another yeah. affects all of those things. Yep. That makes sense. So let's talk about this because that's, that's really helpful to think through. So if those are the different, um, components we're talking about how do we deal with anxiety positively in those different components right sure yeah, it's a great because, because they, what we do with our body will affect our mind and likewise right I mean, absolutely yeah. and, and i i like a shotgun approach where you're really going to take a look at all of those different parts of us and okay. try to address all okay. of those different parts okay so when I meet with people who are experiencing anxiety, some of what I want to learn about them and know from them is how are they taking care of their body? Mm -hmm. How are, do they sleep well? Are they having trouble with insomnia? Do they wake up multiple times per night? And can we tweak that a little bit? Can we address that and help mm -hmm. them to sleep more effectively? Um, having a, a bedtime ritual before you go to bed, protecting those sleep hours so you're not... Um, you know, watching NCIS until midnight, and then you got to get up at 6.30 to go to work. Right. Um, watching your diet, not eating a heavy meal right before bed. Mm -hmm. um, watching caffeine and yeah. watching uh, alcohol uh, intake. Yeah. Some people, when they're anxious, they want to drink a couple of drinks before they go to bed because it helps them get to sleep. But yeah. the problem is about three hours later, they're uh, agitated and they wake up and they can't get back to hmm. sleep. And even if they don't experience that, that um, experience that happens with drinking to get to sleep, they will often just not have uh, an effective normal sleep cycle. And mm -hmm. so while they may get to sleep okay, they're not going to feel rested when they wake up. Interesting. So avoiding caffeine, avoiding alcohol. Uh, there's some supplements that are actually pretty helpful for sleep. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not an expert on these things, but... Uh, valerian uh, has helped a lot of people to get to sleep when they're feeling edgy yeah. uh, without the side effects of the alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, I'm interested in how people are uh, working their diet. 
Do they take supplements? Are they taking things for immune support? Do they do they take a multivitamin? Mm-hmm. You know, right now your body under all of the stress that it's under needs extra support. Mm. Yeah. So uh, thinking about exercise for is a terrific way to burn off some extra energy and, and kind of that edginess that comes with feeling really anxious. Yeah. And so right now we're kind of limited. It's <laughs> kind of tricky right, right now. Uh, can't go to the park. Right. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things you might ordinarily do that you can't do right now to get ang- to get right. uh, some exercise. But um, some of the good old standbys are still available. Yeah. You know, you can do calisthenics. You, if yep. you get, get that, that exercise bike out of the garage and, you know, dust it off and yep. crank it up a little bit. Um, that's a terrific way to help deal with some anxiety. Okay. So that's the body component. Mm-hmm. The mind component, I think a lot about the fact that I mentioned earlier that your body does not appreciate the difference between the truth and a lie. And mm-hmm. so we have to watch what we're telling ourselves. Mm-hmm. Are we speaking truth to ourselves? That's good. Yeah. So one of the things that happens with anxiety, we sometimes call this the anxiety snowball, is somebody will start off in their mind with a, what if, what if this happens? Or, oh my gosh, I think this might be happening. Mm -hmm. And then in their mind, they imagine the next thing that's going to happen after that. And then the next thing. And then the next thing. And so pretty soon, you know, you started off with one thing that you thought. And now you've got a full-blown catastrophe. Yeah. And remember, your body doesn't know the difference. So it's going to react as if that's true. So true, man. Uh, Spiritually, I want to know, do people have a relationship with God? What do they believe about God? Do they believe he is indifferent? Do, do they believe he, uh, or do they believe he loves them and, and cares and is interested? Right. Do they believe he is p- powerful and capable? Or do they believe that he uh, really just kind of lets things run on, on its own? Yeah. Um, is he random or is he purposeful? Yeah. I, I, I want to know these kinds of things because if they believe that God is caring, that he is informed, that he is purposeful, then that's going to change the way they feel. That's mm. going to affect how they see the problems sure. that they're running into. Yeah. But if they believe he is random or disinterested or powerless or not good, man, that's a recipe for anxiety. Yes. Man, if I believed all that about yes. God, I would be, I would be a mess. Right. I would too. Yeah. So, when I'm thinking about my anxiety, whether it's my own or whether it's somebody I'm working with, yeah. I'm interested in how are they taking care of their body? Mm-hmm. How are they taking care of their mind? How are they taking care of that relationship with God? And I'm also interested in how are they taking care of their relationships with other people? Because the interpersonal part is really huge. We talked about, especially right now with even more limits put on where we can go and all that. I mean, the interpersonal dynamics is really important. It's huge. One of the things that's tough about a lockdown is the social isolation that yeah. can be present for so many people. Yeah. I don't think we're very good when we're off by ourselves, hmm. not for long periods of time. Yeah. You know, we need to know that, that we're connected to other people and that we, yeah. we enjoy those relationships and we care about them and vice versa. Yeah, you need to be, ideally we want to be interacting with people who are life givers and energizing to us and a mutually beneficial relationship. Sure. That's going to help. It's going to help to, you need, you need to be with somebody who can make you laugh a little bit. Right. Um, that's good. 
That's why I hang out with you, Chris. <laughs> um, hey, I forgot to mention, as we are talking, if you have questions that come up to your mind, please feel free to um, comment on beneath the, the video, and we're going to try to get to some of those questions later on, but uh, feel free to interact with us that way, and we'll do the best we can to, to answer. Um, okay, what were you going to say something else there? No, I, no, okay. I was going to hand that right yeah, back to you. Yeah, I was thinking... Um, yeah, it's so true. With a conversation between you and me wouldn't be complete without quoting some Martin Lloyd Jones. And so, but one of the things, and if you don't know who Lloyd Jones is, he's he's a preacher from the uh, in in London um, in the well in the mid nineteen hundreds, a very popular preacher. Anyways, one of the things he's told people is one of our problems is that we listen to ourselves way more than we ought when we should be preaching truth to ourselves. <laughs> And I think that's true. It's like a lot of times we have conversation. I know I do have conversations in my head and there's, those are just happening and I'm not even realizing, you know, I should intervene here and speak some order to this. Um, but I think that's important. Just thinking through the, the, uh, uh, what do you, what's this technical term, but cognitive therapy, maybe part of sure. it. Sure. Yeah. Cognitive uh, therapy is all based around the idea that the way you think affects the way you feel and, okay. and what's happening in your body. Yeah. And, you know, for me, um, cause I have had a, my own struggles with anxiety apart from, apart from all this, I've struggled with anxiety and panic attacks for, for several decades almost. But, uh, one of the things that I have found, um, is, in if i'm if i'm correct the, the cognitive therapy it's it's about the importance of canceling out negative thoughts but also replacing those thoughts with positive thoughts yes too. yes and so for me one of the things i found is uh i am really bad at trying to convince myself things are really good when they're when i don't feel like they are and so um especially when i am really um subjective in my feelings and feeling up and down kind of like a roller coaster and this is one of the reasons that the bible has been so helpful to me uh, because the god's word is objective it doesn't change that's why god describes himself as a rock he doesn't move and so his truth his goodness his promises are stable and are going to outlive me and they were before me and they are steady even when I'm not. And so for me, as far as cognitive therapy or whatever, I mean, it's been very helpful for me to identify a number of promises in God's word that when I'm feeling anxious and panicky, I can go to those and say, okay, this is the truth in front of me. When everything else looks blurry, I need to claim on to these promises. Um, um, in God's word. So anyways, that was well, just a random thought. Dan, what yeah. were some of the, the ones that were the most important to you? Yeah. The, the promises that really helped you yeah. settle down? Yeah, it's a good question. Well, it's so funny because there's been, it's almost like God has appointed a different verse for a different time I was going through things. Like, um, obviously, the, a, a famous one is Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and God will, what is it? And God will grant you the peace that 
the peace of God will guard your heart, yeah. right? Uh, and that transcends all understanding. Anyways, it, that's a bad paraphrase, but it's similar to that. But anyways, there's there for me one one thing was just like okay, I've got to entrust my my mind and my heart to God essentially because. I think that's one of the things for anxious people There's almost one of the scary things is you almost feel like you can't trust yourself <laughs> because you don't know when your next panic attack's coming or when right. your next anxiety attack's coming. And so for me, I remember uh, in ver- several different anxious situations just saying, I'm tr- it, it, what it requires me is not nearly not just to say the promise, but to trust the promise and trust the promise giver that God is real and that he will guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. Um, other passages, I don't know, I can't think of the exact reference, but it's, it says, um, God will keep in perfect peace those who keep uh, their mind on him. Uh, and so that's just a, a good thing. If I'm actively trusting God, he's going to keep me in perfect peace because it's really hard to trust and to fear at the same time. Right. <laughs> and so we kind of, you kind of have to, and, and what's tricky about this, like you said, is a lot of the times your mental component is connected with your physical component. And so your body's sending you one message that says, be afraid, get out of this situation as fast as you can. And your mind is, is trying to hold on to rational thinking. And I think for me personally, those are the times where I'm like, God, I just need you to Holy spirit to, take over here. I need you to drive. <laughs> I need you to help. And so the best I can do is I'm basically riding this wave and I'm just, I, I could stay on the surfboard, but I need you. That's all I can do. <laughs> I need you to get me where I need to go. And I'm just going to trust that you're in, in control. Um, so those are a couple of verses okay. I thought of that have been, that have been helpful for me. And honestly, uh, another thing I was just thinking is, um, we're making available on our website, um, a number of resources that go along with our talk tonight uh, at the website cedarhome.org forward slash free. We've put together a collection of free ebooks on this topic and messages, and then also a, a, a packet of verses I just put together that people could look through and meditate on, and, and maybe it'll help them too. So, anyways, cool. that, that was one of the things I was thinking. Cool. I To me, I, I love the passage in Philippians mm-hmm. and it's uh, in Philippians 4. Actually, the whole chapter of Philippians 4 is fantastic when it comes to dealing with anxiety. Uh, yeah. There's a lot in later on in the chapter about how we think and what we should keep our minds fixed on. Yeah. But this earlier part, the thing I really like about, about the, the idea of bringing our requests to God is that the God that we are bringing our requests to is a God who has declared himself in the form of Jesus as a man mm-hmm. to be someone who knows us inside and out. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Hebrews, it says that Jesus was made like his brethren in all respects so that he could be a compassionate high priest. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you've, you've sometimes had the experience of talking to somebody who has never been through what you've been through and yeah. you're trying to explain it to them and yeah. they just don't get it. Yeah. And it, it's pretty unsatisfying. Right. They might even then go on to give you unhelpful advice. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because they don't, they don't really understand what it's like. Right. The Bible says that Jesus understands perfectly 
what it's like to go through the kinds of things that we went through, mm. not just the ordinary stresses, but even up through the death that he experienced uh, on the cross and his anxious, uh, tumultuous anticipation mm -hmm. of that experience. Yeah. He was in great turmoil. Uh, the scripture says that Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Yeah. So this is a guy who gets it. Yes. And because he's a guy who gets it, you can do Philippians 4, 6, and 7. You can right. not be anxious, but you can bring your, your whatever it is you would be anxious about, yeah. you can bring that to him instead. Yeah. And you can make your requests with thanksgiving, and then, and then you're, you're on your pathway to more of that peace. That's so good. But it, it's such a central concept here that God is a God of compassion. Yeah. Uh, first, uh, Second Corinthians 1 talks about him being the God of all compassion. Mm. And that is the one to whom we are bringing our concerns. Yeah. I want to make the point, too. I've said several times that you know, your body doesn't understand the difference between the truth and a lie. And that a lot of our anxiety is sometimes because we're not speaking truth to ourselves. But right now, we are, many of us, uh, we're listening to the news, yeah. possibly too much, uh, but we're listening to the news and we realize that we are faced with real challenges. We realize that this is not a completely unrealistic fear right. about this virus. And so Jesus understands what mm. it's like to face a real fear. That's all good. He knows what it's like to face his own mortality as a man. He's already been there, mm -hmm. and so he completely gets it. And I, because of that, I think we can, we can expect from him compassion. Yeah, that's so good. Well, and to take that thought even further, the, the reason that he, uh, God the Son came to earth was out of compassion for us, right? right? And because all disease... Sickness, anxiety, fear, panic. God doesn't want this for us. And that's why he died on the cross is to conquer sin, which brought all of this. <laughs> so this is why as Christians, we, we have hope in, in Jesus that not only did he put these, the power of sin to death on the cross, but that he rose again uh, in victory over it. And uh, Jesus didn't say that... Um, during our time on earth, it's going to be easy for us. But what it promises is that we have hope for a future after this life, that this world is, is, is as close to hell as we're ever going to get. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's going to be better infinitely uh, in glory. And so that's why the Apostle Paul writes, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And that's a very unnatural way of thinking um, because many of us, most all of us in our natural state want to do everything we can to try to not die, right? Right. And and that makes sense, if, especially if we don't believe in an afterlife or a God. But but uh, we believe that uh, that Jesus Christ, um, like you said, he's he's our high priest who sympathizes with us right now, and that when we die whenever that happens it's it's not the end of the story of 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 our relationship with jesus it's really the beginning of eternal glory with him one of the things you said too earlier which was really helpful to me to think about is 
you know, while it's not really fun talking about mortality, <laughs> the reality is we need to talk about it because it's real. Yeah. But the fact is that everybody is going to die. Right. I mean, it's just, it's just, uh, it's so, can you tell, just fill people in on how we were talking about Psalm 91 a little bit and just how it's important to realize that. Sure. I, I was talking with uh, a believer um, who was responding to the problems with the, the virus and was experiencing some anxiety. And their comment uh, to me was that they had drawn a lot of, of comfort from Psalm 91, which contains a lot of, of uh, promises or statements about God's ability to protect us from harm. And I felt like kind of a downer in a way, and, and I, I apologize to her sure. before I, I said this, but I, the, the reality is all of us are going to die someday from something. Yeah. And so it's, it would be a misread of the scripture to say that uh, God is always going to protect us from everything that comes along. I uh, used to go to a church with a, a dear pastor whose uh, son uh, passed away from leukemia as a teenager. Mm. And it was a terrible time. And it seemed so, like it just didn't make any sense. Uh, but God had ordained that it was time yeah. for that boy to go home and, and be with Jesus. Mm. Now, that's a really tough thing to think about. And it, just like it's tough to think about our eventual deaths, but the Bible's frame of reference here is that we're only here for a little while. Right. We're only intended to be here for a little while. Mm -hmm. The greater part of our life is supposed to be with him hmm. in eternity. And so, you know, when you think about speaking truth to yourself in your brain, yeah. this is part of that truth is yeah. I'm only here for a while. Yeah. And then I'm going to go and be with God if, if I have a, that relationship with him. Yeah. So thankful that, you know, we have this time today and I would encourage you today if you don't know the Lord and if you're not at peace with God to, to trust in the Lord Jesus because he loves you. So thankful that that is how God is. That's how he is. Um, another factor I was thinking about that's helped me in a lot of different ways with my anxiety in the past uh, with preaching and driving a van full of teenagers when I was a, a youth pastor and uh, flying to Africa, which I never, ever dreamt I would ever be able to do because a lot of my anxiety was associated with, with flying. Um, but it's really opening up the Bible and reading what it says about God and his sovereignty or his total control uh, over all things and that he has a will and a plan for us this isn't uh the story of of history here isn't isn't uh chaos god knows what he's doing psalm 139 says that before uh, we lived one day uh, god had already appointed the day that he will take us home um but all that being said coming to terms with the fact that god is sovereign he's in control and I can trust him because he's good. And I think that obviously that's a, for thousands of years, people have wrestled with that philosophical question of God's sovereignty and God's goodness. However, in scripture, we see 
God is both <laughs> over and over again. Right. Now, what that means, though, is that we have to leave room for mystery in what we, how we see the world and how we make sense of things like a 15-year-old uh, passing away early from leukemia. Um, it means, but one thing I like about mystery is, be, is it reminds me I'm not God. And, but there is God and he's good. And I, I, it forces me to trust him with, with hard things. It's hard. It's a, it's a tension that we have to live with until we see him. <laughs> right. But, um, to try to think that I could make sense out of everything on the other end of it is, it's kind of crazy too. I, I think sometimes, uh, people who are not people of faith look at people of faith as though, uh, they have an easy answer for everything. Right. And one of the things I appreciate about the way you approach God and the Bible is that you're smart enough to know that that's not always the case, yeah. that we, we do have to tolerate some unknowns. There, there are tragedies that take place that we can't explain. And, yeah. and when we think of it and you look at it, you think there can't be one good reason for this. Yeah. And yet, a God who transcends our, our everything about us, yeah. who, who is not limited by time and, and not limited by in, in his wisdom or his knowledge, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. But that's a part of our faith walk is that, you know, we don't see it, mm -hmm. but, but yet we believe and we follow. Yeah. Well, and, you know, even in a situation like this, the coronavirus situation where we're still kind of on the front end of it in some ways. So we don't, we just can't see everything that God would be doing through this, but I can see two or three main ways he's already redeemed it. We never live streamed before. And now we're able to, we're forced to be online and we're, we've, we're reaching a lot of people with hope and good news that we wouldn't two weeks ago have even reached. Um, we had people watching last or just Sunday from the Middle East and from India and, and from seven states. And so, you know, it's encouraging that, that that's not just happening through us, but a lot of local churches are forced to go online right now. And who knows how God's working through this to reach people with the hope of Jesus. Absolutely. And so we can't see all ends. No. And, and so it's, it's good to leave room for the, I guess, the bigness of God, the transcendence yeah. of God. What's so cool, though, we talked about this in seminary, is that uh, is there's this really cool balance that, that God is, we use this word, transcendent. He's above all. He's, mm -hmm. he's the creator of everything. I mean, he's above the universe. He's outside of time. It's, it's weird. And at the same time, we use this word called eminence, where he's, he is with us. And he, the spirit is in us. And not only that, but he cares. Like you said, that he really cares about all the details of our lives. I mean, Jesus would, you know, he talked about, I don't know if I wrote that down right here, but the passage where he says, the, the father knows every hair on your head. And there is not a sparrow that falls to the ground apart from your father's will. And so don't be afraid because you are more valuable than many sparrows. Yeah. And so uh, it's just a, a great thing because deism t typically is the thought that God is out there. He created the world. He created people. Uh, he kind of like a stopwatch. He kind of set it and then he forget it, forgot it. But theism is, is, more, is the belief that God did create the world, but he's also 
a personal God and he, we interact with him. And then Christianity is a type of theism in which we believe that specifically God is the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, not trying to get too technical, but it's, it, is, it is very important, I think, both to believe that God is bigger than anything we know and in control, and at the same time, He really cares about us yeah. and wants good for us. We don't like being out of control. No. And it's interesting because if you think about it, the idea that we're somehow in control is, well, it's mostly an illusion. Right. I. It, any given on any given day driving down the road only one little thing needs to go wrong yeah and there could be a tragedy and we are not aware of those things and we drive around kind of blissfully unaware yeah almost like pretending that we we are in control of our lives right but these sorts of 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 things like this pandemic reminds us just how much we are not in control of so many things about our lives Mm -hmm. and that's a that can be a recipe for anxiety for people and that's one of the ways that i think faith in in jesus changes the picture because Mm -hmm. we believe like you were saying a minute ago that god is sovereign he it's he's not this isn't random this isn't chaos that god is purposeful and so even when bad things happen he brings good things out of them yeah and that's a remarkable thing. Yeah. But it's a huge cause for hope. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So let's th- think through. I mean, we'll take some questions in a minute if there are any. But um, another thing I was just thinking through is some of. Well, so just to summarize a little bit, we've talked a, a bit about in our experience how the. Uh, I guess the Christian worldview provides a well, specifically through the Bible. Uh, what the Bible says about reality provides a really solid framework for thinking about these things. There's, there's nothing that's what's happening out here that is surprising to us or to God or to the Bible. Um, um, but then also before that, we were talking a little bit about just some of the practical things, you know, people can do right mm-hmm. now. Um, and maybe we already talked about them. I, I, I don't know, but I, I think one of the things you and I talked about is, um, earlier before we were alive is just the importance of recognizing it's normal to feel anxiety. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the, one of the normal f- fears is uh, ways to, pro- okay. So we got to take a short break and we'll be, we'll right, be right back. back. All right. Hopefully we're back live. Sorry about that. Just technical difficulties. Um, but we'll try to rehash some of the stuff we were talking about uh, for the past five minutes when we, we got uh, frozen there. Uh, Chris, so one of the things you were talking about, though, is the fact that we do not like to be in control. Do you remember anything that you said after that? Well, we don't like to be out of control. Oh, we don't like to be out of control. That's yeah, right. We want to be in control. I, I think I was starting to say that, and that's about when we had the technological <laughs> glitch. So as if that's to so uh, put an exclamation point on things. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, we, I think we live with the idea that we're in control of lots of different things in our lives. Yeah. And, and you could make a case for it. You could say, well, I, I go to work and I earn money and I pay my bills and I change the oil in my car and there's all these things that I'm in control of. Yeah. But the reality is there are so many things in our lives that could happen at any given moment 
And we have absolutely no control over yep. whether or not those things happen. Um, a building not very far from my office burned down uh, the, uh, last night. Wow. Uh, yesterday afternoon. It went up. I mean, it, when I drove by it, it, there was hardly anything left. Wow. And, and it was kind of a ramshackle place. And I don't yeah. think anybody lived there. But, yeah. you know, it was there one day and gone the next. And I don't know how that fire started. But somebody who owns that property probably experienced some loss of control yeah. <laughs> in, in that moment. Yeah. Um, we live with the illusion of control. But the reality is we, we have this, uh, this walk through this planet that we do that, that is really quite tenuous. We're really quite fragile. And mm -hmm. all of us are, are going to die someday yeah. from something. Right. Um, and we can't control that stuff. Right. So it bothers us. We talk, this is one of the reasons we talk about death. We don't know when we're going to die. I had a conversation with somebody uh, uh, earlier in the week, and they were talking about how their uh, parent died at a certain age. And as they are approaching that age, now they're thinking about their mm. own death, their own mortality. Yeah. And they, they can't control when they're going to die. Right. And so there's all these uncertainties. And I think this is where when people have a relationship with God and they have a, a walk of faith and they believe that God is purposeful, that yeah. he is involved, that he is loving, and that he, ha he has a plan that he is working out, mm -hmm. it gives us a way to sort of take a breath and, and lean back and say, okay, God, I'm, I, it, your will be done. Right. As, as Jesus taught us to pray. Yeah. I'm going to tag on that because I can't remember if I've already said this, but I'll, I might repeat myself. But just um, how important it is to remember that God is both sovereign and transcendent above all things because he's, he's awesome. He's holy. He's in control of everything. He has a plan and a purpose. Uh, none of none of what's going on with this coronavirus is a surprise to him or um um, or it should, or it shouldn't be a surprise to Christians too, because it's, uh, scripture says that before Jesus comes back, it's just going to be hard. There's going to, it's going to be hard in different ways, but not only is God sovereign, but he's also imminent and he's with us and he's near to us. And, uh, Christians specifically, it says that when a person trusts in Jesus, God himself, the Holy spirit indwells that person as their guarantee of salvation until we meet God face to face, either at the end of this life or uh, when God returns, when Jesus returns. And, and so those are just really important things because um, it tells us that God is big, but God also really loves us and cares about the little details in our lives. Right. And I quoted this verse, which I don't know if they, it was already on, but it, it was, it was, uh, it was when Jesus just said, listen, not one sparrow falls to the ground apart from the will of God. And God has all the hairs on your head numbered. And Jesus said, so don't be afraid because you are much more valuable to God than many sparrows. And I'm just so thankful we get through Jesus, we get to know a God like that. <laughs> that he, that is his disposition toward us, one of love and grace. Sure, yep. And nearness, you know. We're not intended to be here forever. We're intended for a, an everlasting relationship That's with right. God. That's right. And so 
I, I think it's so easy for us and we're, we're tangible uh, creatures. We're sensory creatures. We, we like uh, and get very involved with the things that we can see and smell and, and taste and touch. And this is how we experience our world. But this is all very temporary. Mm -hmm. And there's a, a greater reality in, in our future yeah. uh, with God that is so much richer yeah. and, and everlasting. And it's almost like that's where the big plan is. Yeah. And this is just the, uh, uh, some people have referred to earth as the ante room of heaven. Hmm. So it's, it's, we're, we're getting ready for the big, the big deal, but we're not there yet. Right. So even that changes the way we think about what we go through while we're here. Yeah. That's again. You know, I'm just anticipating some, uh, a good uh, objection to this. What mm -hmm. we're thinking is, is at least to, to Christians or what we're thinking is, 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 I've heard some people say, well, I just wish I had faith like you or I can't trust that or that just seems like a leap in the dark. And I know I, for you and for me, by God's grace, obviously, there is a point where we all have, we trust in Jesus. And at the same time, um, it is a, it's historically credible. It's textually credible. It's not a, it really isn't a leap into the darkness. Um, that uh, the, it is, the reason is objectively um, encouraging to me is because it's historically objectively true. <laughs> And I get that, you know, some people don't see it that way, but I think for me, it's, it's not a leap in the dark. It's like, I can, uh, I can trust, uh, this God and not just because science and history proves it or whatever, but, um, ultimately I'm thankful that God's word is totally trustworthy and I believe it. And that's why since I believe God is the rock, then anything he tells me, anything he promises me, uh, is going to be the truth. That's why Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Because God, he didn't come to lie to us. He came to generously give us the truth and to be the truth for us. Um, but uh, that's why we can trust his word, too, because everything God says and does is true. Yeah. Um, so let's jump back to real quick. We we're talking about some of the practical things we can do just to manage anxiety and stress in this time. One of those being... Um, I think it's important to acknowledge that feeling anxious is normal because <laughs> I know a lot of us, you know, the reason we're afraid of the dark is because we don't know it's there. It's new. It's kind of scary. We, we can't see through it and anxiety can, can feel that way. And you know, when we, when we're in a time where it's like, yeah, there's some things going on that are a little scary. It's like, it's, it's okay to feel anxious. You're not, you're not odd. You're not, um, you, uh, you're not out there. It's, it's a normal feeling. <laughs> you're not defective. Yes. Like I said, anxiety is, is, a, uh, is a response to a perceived threat. Right. Right now we're all facing a threat. Right. So it, it, it's far from being irrational. Mm -hmm. it, it actually makes pretty good sense. Yeah. Now, sometimes when, when anxiety is, is realistic like this, we, there are things we can do because of the anxiety. So we perceive a threat. Mm -hmm. All right, what can I do to get ready for that threat? Right. And, and so we're doing all kinds of things. You know, we're sanitizing and we're, 
maintaining social distance and you know we're trying to follow instructions and and hopefully reduce our threat level yeah and and that's all good that that yeah. makes really good sense um when the anxiety gets carried away and it's not focused on something practical that actually helps me be safer uh then it's just like torture right mm. you're just like rehearsing things in your mind and going over it and over it right um I talked to somebody who couldn't get to sleep the other night because they were just laying in bed thinking about all of the possible things that could go wrong because of the virus. Yeah. And that wasn't productive. That wasn't helpful for her. No. So better to make plans and and do the tangible things that actually help your situation. Totally. Than just spin your wheels and rehearse the negative scenarios in your mind. So good. Yeah, uh, Jesus said, you know, worry, does worrying add one hour to your life? No, it doesn't. And so it's easier said than done. No, don't, don't worry. Well, uh, again, I think it, it, we really do, I guess what you're saying, have a say in how we approach it. Right. I mean, we really can do things not to sit and worry all the time. One of the things that I've um, heard that's been helpful this week uh, from a number of people is in uh, trying to think about others in this time absolutely trying to ask how can they serve and encourage other people in this time i heard today it was really great uh um one of my friends is gonna uh you know rob but he's they need drivers at the local food pantry to deliver food to people in need at this time and it's perfect for him and so that is going to be really helpful for him um so that He's not at home or in. He can go out and do something and help people in a tangible way. Um, like our ki- one of the things we had our kids that do this week because they're home uh, from school is how, you know, think about how can we encourage some of the, the older people who might be feeling alone right now? Um, I was talking to my daughter last, I'm getting sidetracked. Anyways, let me finish that thought. And so we, we just wrote some encouragement notes and drew some little pictures and sent them to the, some of the old people in our congregation. And, and, uh, and, uh, I was talking to my daughter last night at bedtime and we were just talking about how it's normal to be scared of the dark, especially, especially when you're a kid, sometimes it's just kind of scary, but you know, there's, there's, there's some people out there who are living alone and they don't have someone in their house with them. And I said, you know, they're trusting God, um, with, with their life. And, and, you know, why don't we think about how we can serve those people right now and encourage them and check in and do they have, do they have available? Can they drive and get groceries right now? And, you know, there's a lot of ways I think that we can help others. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's, it's good to have something to focus on yeah. it's good to have a purpose yes and and i think the kinds of things you're talking about can get us out of our own head a little bit yep and redirect our energy yes and thankfully you know at least right now the uh the order also is not uh that we have to stay inside i mean we uh another thing i was just thinking about mental health go for a walk you know i know it looks like a rainy week right now but even just standing on the back porch and getting some fresh air for a little while and putting some breaks in your day where you do that to clear your head yeah be helpful i I think that having a routine is really helpful Mm. for most of us and one of the things that gets disrupted when school is not happening and maybe work is not happening is that people can get kind of disorganized in the way they approach a day yep and so getting up and making a plan for your day getting yourself put together 
get a shower, get dressed, yeah. look like somebody who's got reasons to, to be up and going. Yeah. And then make a, you know, if you've got kids like you were doing the other day, make a plan for your kids. Sure. You know, try to get some things happening that are more productive than just, you know, one more round of the video game. Yes. That's a good word. Uh, do we have any questions, Dylan, from the Facebook Live, or had you thought of any things that you wanted to add in at this point? We have our worship pastor here, Dylan McFadden, off screen. And- he was going to weigh in if he if he had anything for us. I haven't seen any questions yet. Okay. Um, That's fine. I have taken a lot of notes on some things that you guys have said, and I have also been kind of journaling along with this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can give you some of the things I've journaled about, and maybe sure. you could expound upon some of my own thoughts. Um Uh, starting from kind of some of your earlier comments, Dan, you brought up Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones and how he talks about how we tend to listen to ourselves uh, more than speak to ourselves. And that immediately made me think of uh, some of the Psalms, like Psalm 92, where the psalmist says, why are you downcast, O my soul? Right. Why Why are you so discouraged within me? Hope in God. It's like he's, it's almost like a, uh, uh, like a, a guy going out on the onto the football field, like, come on, you know, pumping himself up, mm-hmm. but he's trying to spiritually pump himself up because sure. he's going through something really difficult. Um, and then Chris said that our bodies don't even know the difference between a truth and a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my thought was our feelings seem to be problematic. Mm-hmm. And I think we live in a culture that Maybe it's it's exclusive to Western culture, but we are very feeling driven rather than thinking driven. And so maybe a question is, as a counselor, Chris, this would be directed toward, oh, Dan does counseling as well, but how do you address the whole person? And are you aware that we seem to have a tendency to feel more than we think? And is there a way to... Uh, to help people think more or feel less? I mean, that sounds wrong, yeah. but it, it's, it's, it's a great question. Um, I, I'm reminded of a psychologist, Arnold Lazarus. He talked about people having kind of a firing order in, in their minds. And some people will be aware of their emotions first, and then they have to kind of dig down to sort out what am I actually thinking? Whereas other people are primarily aware of their thoughts and if you ask them how they feel about something, they, they draw a blank. And they have to really dig down to, to get at their emotions. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm almost always trying to help somebody pick up the part that they tend to, to leave out. And so sometimes that means taking somebody who's really cerebral and helping them get more connected to their emotions. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's helping somebody who is overwhelmed by their emotions learn how to step back and think about what they're going through and, and kind of tune into that stream of thought that's actually underneath their emotions. Here's another uh, quick little question uh, that just popped into my head. Uh, can you overthink to the point of becoming too emotionally feeling? Uh, I, like working yourself into a mental frenzy where you have a breakdown and, uh, because you're, you're thinking about all these scenarios and becoming more and more anxious and then all of a sudden you got an emotional feeling problem too because they seem really connected 
Well, that and that is a lot of how anxiety works is we we start thinking anxious thoughts and they feed on one another and then our emotions begin to respond to that and it snowballs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that's helped me too for people with who do struggle more with the panic side of it is uh, your body really can only sustain a certain level of adrenaline and for so long. And so a lot of times if you do feel like you're going to have a panic attack or whatever, um, you know, sometimes you just have to kind of accept it and ride the wave of it. Right. And, and trust that it's going to, it's going to get better. I've told myself yes. that several times walking onto airplanes as I'm on about row four and I get hit while I'm walking back and I'm like, okay, I got to just fight through this. Cause by about row 25, it's, I'm going to be fine. And so it's, that's an important thing to know that, that, um, you know, there's physiological exercises and things you can do if you're really feeling panicky part you know another thing that's helped me got me through an entire flight once from atlanta to denver was uh just focus on deep breathing um you know absolutely because that actually lowers your heart rate uh it kind of it kind of it I don't know what the word is, but it takes over your body. If you can control your breathing, it has a big effect on you. You can look this up online. Look up uh, abdominal breathing or belly breathing or, yeah. or diaphragmatic breathing, and you, you'll get a lot of different sites. you get some good YouTube videos on how to do it. Yeah. But it's essentially uh, drawing breath down into uh, your abdomen by lowering your, your diaphragm. Yeah. And... It, it feels like you're sort of sucking air down into your belly hmm. instead of into your lungs. Yeah. And part of what this does is it stimulates nerve receptors in the wall, uh, your abdominal wall. Hmm. And these nerve receptors trigger your uh, parasympathetic nervous system, hmm. which is all about relaxation and digestion and tissue regeneration. It's, uh, it's the opposite of your, the other part of your nervous system, which is the sympathetic nervous system, which is all about fight or flight. Okay. All about being energized and ready to go. Yeah. And you can't have both of those activated at the same time. Oh, interesting. So by doing this belly breathing, mm-hmm. you're stimulating that part of your nervous system that, that actually creates this larger response in your whole body hmm. and, and is very relaxing. Uh, hmm. I should have mentioned that on the body part. Yeah. Uh, that's a great relaxation strategy. Yeah. That's good. The other thing I would say, too, is, you know, Dylan, along your uh, lines of your whole person, um, I, I love that term. You can do this belly breathing while you are meditating on scripture. You mm. can do this belly breathing while, while you are sure. reminding yourself that God is present with me and he is purposeful and he is working things out for for my good and for his glory so um it's a shotgun you can you can work on the body you can work on the mind and you can work on the spirit all at the same time so rather than meditation in its secular form where it is emptying your mind of all thoughts and information you know to the the nothingness christian meditation is actually filling your mind with some of these thoughts and then fixating on those savoring them yeah um it just yeah it just snuggling up to it and and sitting with it and mm. and allowing that to speak to you allowing the holy spirit to speak to you yeah. through those different images you know jesus taught in images 
The Old Testament's full of images. We have great things in the Bible that we can meditate on that remind us about the truths of God. And, you know, to combine that with some diaphragmatic breathing and some reading of the scripture uh, and then sharing it with a friend. Yeah. What a great package. Right. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. So I had another thought, and um, I'll try to squeeze a question out of here. Um, One of the thoughts was, you know, we're talking about fear, anxiety, worry. All of these things are results of the fall, results, results of the curse of sin. And, you know, at a certain point, things like medicine and counseling and you know, the love of our family and our friends, which are all really important and necessary things, at a certain point, they fail to totally address the curse Mm -hmm. and they can't fix the curse. They can't reverse the curse because those things are not our savior. Jesus is. Uh, if, If those things were our savior, God would have, you know, given us the formula or the equation. Um, And so my, maybe a question here is, Chris, Jesus is the cure and you trust that and you are a counselor in the secular world where you don't necessarily talk about Jesus with your counseling uh, clients. And so what are some of your thoughts on this? Do Do you feel like you're doing a sort of spiritual work even though you may not be overtly talking about spiritual things with some of the people you counsel? I, I will overtly talk about spiritual things to anybody who will give me half a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as, a, as a professional counselor, I, I can't impose that on people um, against their will. That would be inappropriate. Right. But I, I give enough clues in my, in my disclosure statements and things that people know I'm a believer. And a lot of the folks who get referred to me are believers. And my favorite thing to do in the world is to talk about what's going on for them in the context of our shared faith in Jesus. And that's the best. Because then I'm not just trying to help somebody feel less anxious or get their medications adjusted right or problem solve uh, their difficult teenager but I'm also addressing some of those larger questions about life, about purpose, about, um, you know, their connection with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I was thinking about, too, is, well, uh, my sermon coming up for this Sunday, uh, we're in a, a letter of the Bible called Ephesians, which the Apostle Paul wrote. And we spent a lot of time in the past few months talking about what God has Oh, we're going to take another short break. Take a short break. And we'll be right back. So thank you for hanging. Some of you hung hung in there with us during some of the technical difficulties. I guess our providers, uh, internet providers, having some issues. So we'll blame it on them. But uh, let's get back to what Chris uh, was talking about. Uh, We're talking about kind of the deep breathing, but uh, combining that with, with scripture. Yeah, yeah, basically, and if you want to know more about the the breathing technique, you can look it up as diaphragmatic breathing or belly breathing, um, abdominal breathing, but it's it's a powerful strategy for uh, stimulating the part of your nervous system that's about relaxation, and so you're literally changing the chemistry of your body while you're breathing in this way. That can address the body, and but I think you can add to that by... Um, 
taking this as an opportunity to meditate on uh, on the scripture and on some of the images that we have in the scripture of Jesus and who Jesus is to us, Jesus as our shepherd, uh, Jesus as our king. And so while you're doing the diaphragmatic breathing, you're also uh, meditating on the word, uh, maybe reading the word and um, speaking truth to yourself about That's what's great. going on. So it's, it's, a, it's a really a total person kind of approach. Mm-hmm. One of the things I was saying too after that was just uh, we're, we've been preaching through a, a letter in the New Testament called Ephesians, which was written by the Apostle Paul in the first century. And what we're going to be talking about this Sunday, which has kind of been on my mind, is, is the power of God and uh, his power to save, which he's done, the amazing thing that he's done in his, his death and resurrection, the amazing thing he's done in, in um, making people born again through faith. Uh, but then also the living power of the Holy Spirit, where we really believe that God is alive and powerful right now, and he gives us much grace and help uh, in our time of need. And so we're, we're, we're so thankful that uh, we the Bible says you can come confidently to the throne room of God now in Christ. Amen. And, and so we're, we're so thankful for that. And, um, the Holy spirit, we do not control the Holy spirit, the Holy spirit though, uh, who lives in us. And as we ask him to work and ask him to help us when we're weak, really can work in amazing ways in our lives. And we've, We've seen miraculous things happen in our church, just as far as people get being healed and people being encouraged and, and just in our own lives. I think we probably have a lot of different testimonies of the way that God has, we've, um, we've sensed his presence and mm-hmm. he's worked in mysterious ways to help us through situations. And so I guess the angle that, uh, <clears throat> that's one of the angles I would take, I guess, with this, since, since you're hearing this from a pastor and a Christian counselor is, is we want that for you and we want you to know the Lord and that he loves you. And, and we believe that, um, the way that you can know the Lord is through Jesus Christ and through trusting in his sin killing death and his resurrection and that he's alive and he's, he's living, uh, and he has put his spirit in his people and, and the invitation is open for you to trust in him and be part of his family. And so we want that for you. And, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we want grace and peace for our city and for our community and for our country. Um, I don't know how much more longer we wanted to push this, Dylan. Did you have any other questions or you wanted to? Uh, I could give a couple more questions. Okay, do, do one, or, one or two more. Let's start with one. Chris, uh, at a certain point you pointed out that uh, we don't really like being out of control. My question is, do you think that sometimes, sometimes our anxieties and fears are uh, unfounded and perhaps at a certain point in a counseling session, you may be able to navigate down to a root cause of sin. It's actually, there's a sin issue hmm. underneath all of that. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm with you on the question. Um, but if if what you're saying is that sometimes there's a uh, a sin issue in a person's life that can generate anxiety mm-hmm. for them, is that kind of what what you're going for? Yeah. Well, my thought was, you know, uh, often we become fearful or anxious about 
real threats to our livelihood, to our family, to, mm -hmm. you know, a whole host of things. And there seems to be, you know, some legitimacy to those fears. Like, you'd be weird if you're not fearful, you know? Yes. But in some cases, maybe like the with the control issue, like maybe you need to realize, like Dan said, you're not God, or maybe mm. you need to come to a place where actually you need to repent of some sin because yeah. you've been trying to, you know, fill in the blank. And, and, and so you, you've caused more anxiety and fear for yourself, but it's, it's, it's not from the outside in, it's like from the inside out. Sure. Mm. Yeah. I think sometimes when people are wrestling with issues in their own life or they maybe they're trying to avoid wrestling with issues in their own life mm -hmm. it can express itself in being really tense and maybe trying to over control things because there's something inside that feels out of control mm -hmm. um, yeah absolutely I think that can happen for people uh, Chris one of the things you and I talked about before and we're going to wrap up here in about 10 minutes but one of the things we t we uh, we talked about before we did this conversation was the role of prayer in bringing our anxieties to God and um, prayer takes faith, right? I mean, mm -hmm. prayer takes faith, but that can sure be a benefit to people at a time like this too. Oh my. Um, and that's, I guess that's a component that I'm thinking we need to be praying for one another. We need to be mm -hmm. praying for each other. And we really believe that prayer God has ordained prayer as a means through which he works powerfully. Um, and so anyways, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but that was one of the things we were talking about. Yeah. I, I think, I think this can be helpful in a variety of ways. Sometimes you may just need someone to pray with you, mm -hmm. especially like earlier you were talking about how sometimes when you can, when you're really anxious, it almost feels like you're not in control of what's going on in your own mind. Yeah. Um, that's a great time to call up somebody that you know who's a believer and say, would you please pray with me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good. It's almost like I don't have the strength right now, but I'm going to borrow a little bit from you. Yeah. And together in prayer, it, it feels different. You know? And as Christians, we shouldn't feel weird about that, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> about calling. I mean, that's so, I'm just thinking so not what our world does, right? I mean, just admitting that you need help. I mean, like, to be a Christian, it's it's not to be somebody who has it all figured out. It's somebody who says, I'm weak and I need a savior. And so we should be people who are also in, can encourage one another to, you know what, if you need something, call me and I'll pray for you. Like that's sure. not a weird thing to do. No, I think that should be, that should be more common probably than it is. Right. And I think one of the additional benefits to that is we, we get to speak truth to each other. Yeah. So... I might be forgetting that God is purposeful. Yes. I might be lost in thinking there's no point to this. Yeah. And you get to speak truth into my life and say, remember that all things do work out for good to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Yeah. And I go, yeah, that's right. I was yeah. forgetting that. That's so true. Preaching the gospel or preaching the good news, preaching the hope of scripture, preaching truth to people. <laughs> I mean, that's a, cause anxiety just can disorient us. And yeah. And sometimes we just need to know, you know, the truth. In James, it says, uh, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Mm. It's not something we do, I think, commonly in, in today's modern church. Right. But it's powerful. Yeah. It's powerful to be able to be that honest with somebody else about something that you need. 
yeah. and for them to, to go to God with you in prayer. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would say if you're really struggling, if you're a person of faith and, and you love Jesus, but you're feeling out of control and you're feeling like you, you can't regulate um, your own emotions very well, call a friend who loves mm-hmm. Jesus and ask them to pray with you yeah. and ask the Holy Spirit to give you that spirit of power and love and a sound mind because that's that's what he's all about and that's what he wants us to have too yeah and just thinking about people out there who who may just not have this might all be new to them Mm -hmm. and they may not feel comfortable doing that themselves praying themselves they may not feel uh, like they know many people uh, who could pray for them I would encourage you that um, you can email us at our church at info at cedarhome.org with your prayer requests we would love to pray for you or you can contact us through our facebook page um and we would love to help you however we can and um and, and be in prayer for you well i'm feeling pretty good about where things are at yeah. i would i think what i would like to do is uh i think it would be good i would like to just pray for us in a moment um but I want to read these words from Jesus. Uh, it's a famous uh, passage from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, about anxiety. And let me read this. It's Matthew 6, verses 25 to 34. He says this, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Thank you, Chris. This has been fun. Thank you for, yeah, it's been a fun conversation. And um, I'm going to pray for us. I want to encourage you uh, to go online if you'd like to see further resources. Some, some cool free ebooks and stuff that we have at cedarhome.org forward slash free, F-R-E-E. And then also, if you don't have a church family and you would like to have some encouragement and in, in learn more about God's word, we'd love for you to join us this Sunday uh, online on our Facebook page, the same page at 10 a.m. And uh, we'll, we plan to get into God's word and hear more encouragements from scripture for us. So we'd love to have you join us for that. Let me close our time in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this time that we've had together. 
We thank you for some of the wonderful truths that we've talked about. Thank you, God, that you are sovereign, that you are in control of our lives, that you're in control of the whole universe, that you are the one who holds all things together. And at the very same time, you are imminent, God. You are near us, and you have proven that. That is, uh, you have come in the person uh, of Jesus Christ. You've added flesh to yourself, and you, God, uh, you experienced anxiety. You experienced fear. You can sympathize us, uh, sympathize with us perfectly, Lord, and we thank you for that. Um, we thank you, God, for voluntarily going to the cross for us to bear sin and bear God's wrath towards sin so that death and destruction and hell and Satan would be conquered finally for all who trust in him, God. Thank you for rising again in victory. And for those of us who are united to you, Jesus, through faith, uh, we have confidence in, in, in the fact that we're secure in you, Lord Jesus, and that even when this world is, is crazy around us, uh, it is not surprising to you, and it is exactly what you said would happen around us, that there will be hard times before we see you face to face. I pray for those out there, God, who are struggling with anxiety, high levels of anxiety and stress tonight, that they would call upon you, Holy Spirit, and that you would indwell them, that they would trust you, that you would work mysteriously and supernaturally in ways to help them and to encourage them during this time. I pray that we would continually turn away from lies and trust in you, Jesus, that we would fill our minds with truth, the truth of your gospel, and um, the truth of your promises. Thank you for this time, Lord, and uh, please continue to be with us in the following days. We know you will. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.